Welcome to Trade Avant Garde Podcast. This is show number 54, and it's great to have you join us. My name's John Warren, and my very good mate Ashley Ralph's here. Welcome, Ashley. JW, good to be here. I'm glad you unmuted just on time then. Well, I'm trying to remember. Uh, obviously, I've got some technical issues at my end today, so I'll do my best. For those listening for the first time, uh, welcome. Welcome to Trade Avant Garde. Hey, Ash. Um, as it turns out, it's, it's probably a month past by the time this goes to air, but end of financial year has been and gone for 2021. Yeah, again, there goes another year. And uh, it's funny when you're in business, you don't count the calendar years anymore. You just count the uh, financial years. And uh, like you said, we've only just had one roll over from our point of view. And, and so much has happened in the last 12 months for lots and lots of businesses, um, good and bad. So hopefully uh, everyone got through June 30. All right, and starting to get all their tax paperwork if it's not ready already, because there's some big claims this year, John, that you can you can jump on the back of. And, and of course, our great partners have been looking after a lot of our members too with the end of financial years. Yeah, definitely. The, our manager out at Richard Watchman looks after us, and uh, she's done a bit of tax planning for us, so we're ready for the new year, and um, and obviously trying to lessen the tax bill going into uh, the new financial year. So, but even things like the government's, um, you know, $150,000 instant tax write-offs for those members and, and those listeners out there that took advantage of buying a new car or buying some new machinery or, or, or doing something like that. You know, the chance to write that off in, in one year is, is just a massive advantage. And of course, uh, Michelle and the team at Zebra Bookkeeping have been flat out getting the, the tradies books uh, ready to to close out 2021. Um, you mentioned earlier about sort of the years going really quickly and of course, uh, as you know, in Sydney, um, we've had a lockdown. We've been pretty lucky over the whole COVID period, but of course we measured in lockdown weeks. So uh, I'm not sure at the end of this week we find out whether we stay in lockdown or not, but obviously by the time, again, this goes to air, we've, we're hopefully out of it. But certainly been some challenging times and people not behaving probably the, be- the best way. We've had really nice weather in Sydney too. so particularly over the weekend, a lot of people took the opportunity to get out. And uh, Anyway, we'll see what the, the outcome is. Hey, a bit of an update, Ash, as uh, I told you quite a few weeks ago, I made that decision when I hit the ton. So I've been doing a little bit more exercise. Health and Performance Collective been excellent in sort of helping me out there. So a new, a new number, 88.5. Well, I haven't got a bell to ring, but I'm pretending I'm ringing yeah, a bell for you, mate. That's 11 and a half kilos. Uh, again, I, I know the pubs are crying. They're closed at the moment. But, uh, <laughs> enjoying those additional profits why haven't been contributing so that's excellent 11 and a half kilos and the push-up challenge that we did not long ago too so continue that habit as well so life's pretty good at the moment yeah it's good it's good lockdown's good for you know one thing and that's uh, keeping you focused on doing those sort of things because unfortunately during lockdown you know it's not a lot you can do getting out and about so uh, it's good that you're able to keep that going mate great results so let's get to the tips and tricks part of the day and today we have a very special guest. Today we're joined by Joanne Farrell. Joanne is the founder and director of Build Like a Girl and Joanne is also the general manager of Kane Constructions. Welcome Joanne. Thank you very much for having me. Look, thanks for sharing your time this morning. I know that you're very, very busy. You've got a, you've got a lot of things that, uh, that you have to juggle in your, your busy working day. So maybe to get things started, can you maybe share with our listeners, what is the Joanne Farrell story? We know that you you are a tradie, maybe uh, share that story with us. 
Yeah, sure. Um, so my journey in construction began about 24 years ago. So I, um, I grew up on the coast in Wollongong and, and um, when I finished school, I knew I wanted to, to do building work. But unfortunately, you know, 1996 wasn't really the done thing in my town for finishing school. And, and so it was really it was really tough to, to get a bit of it. And um, lots of door knocking, lots of doors slammed in faces, lots of rejections and lots of comments of which probably shouldn't really say too many of them um, at the moment on here. But yeah, look, it, it was a bit rough and, and I suppose... Um, took me a while to get a start and I eventually wore down a, a builder and, and he gave me a go as long as I worked for nothing for three months and so I think that was meant to you know sort of uh, change my mind I guess and, and sort of prove that I wasn't able to do it but instead here I am 24 years later and yeah I'm, I'm the general manager of K the ACT division of Kane Constructions it's a national company and head up the team here in Canberra and also last year we kicked off Build Like a Girl which was basically born out of myself still hearing stories through my mentoring work with the MBA and NAWIC and other organisations of um, other young ladies who were having the same problems that I'd had you know two decades earlier and for me it was just one of those things that was really disheartening to be honest to see that the industry hadn't come leaps and bounds with perception and, and stigma and stereotyping and the, the fact that these young women were, were experiencing the exact you know same comments and, and situations and, and things being said and done out on site I, I just figured something had to be done so it's something that I've been thinking about for quite some time it was something that had been kicking around in my head for about 10 years and uh, I slowly started putting it together and had some great support um, from industry and, and associations and so forth and so yeah we're we're pretty fledgling at the moment but we've we've just completed our first women in trades program amongst a bunch of other things and and we have big plans for the next sort of 18 months in terms of what we want to do. Hey Joanne thank you for that it's uh, a great insight I, I just want to just backtrack a little bit you worked for free for three months is that allowed well it's not now um <laughs> and, and look it probably wasn't then but it was one of those things where you know it, it i was just never going to get a chance any other way yeah. so yeah it was a, a decision i made and and yeah you know it wasn't wasn't easy and certainly yeah tested <laughs> tested patience and stamina and and strength but um but anyway it, it taught me a lot let's put it that way I was going to say, it's probably put you in good stead now if you look back on it, but well done to you for, for sticking at it because, like you said, that sort of condition placed on someone is generally there to break them and um, hope they decide not to go forward. So I think it's a big tick uh, your way. Well done. Hey, your role at Kane, GM of Kane Constructions, what does that involve nowadays? Yeah, so look, we're a, we're a tier two construction company. As I said, we're a national-based company and here in Canberra, we sit in that tier two commercial market. We've we've done some great projects around Canberra. Uh, opened the doors in 2016. I've been here for about 18 months. We uh, yeah we we build the Stromlo Leisure Centre, the Queanbeyan Police Station, the Duntroon Medical Health Facility, amongst many others. So we have a really strong presence here, and we're a, we're a local team of people. There's about um, 15 of us here, and yeah, we just do really good projects and, and try and actually shift a bit of thinking in the industry around how we work and better ways to work and have conversations around our mental health and well-being and, and how we can look after each other a bit better and all the things that you see now around five-day work weeks and how the industry needs to adapt and change to, to new ways of working are all the types of things that we try and introduce on our projects. Joanne, you mentioned a bit earlier on about how rejection helped you to build resilience, particularly in those early days when you're knocking on lots of doors and, and people just didn't 
didn't want to really to talk to you about becoming a tradie. Can you share a bit more about that story and how you overcome that rejection to, to develop the resilience that got you to where you are today? Yeah, look, resilience is a big topic at the moment with people in the industry across the board. And I suppose one of the fundamentals is you can't build resilience on your own, no matter how much you try, you need a support network. And it's one of the fundamental things that that we factor into to build like a girl when we're supporting women entering a trade or, or if they're in the trade and having issues. So as much as I'd like to, to claim the glory um, for resilience and keep going back, I mean, I had very support when I turned around to my mum and dad and said, I want to I want to be a carpenter, I want to be a builder. They encouraged it and supported it. When I was going through, you know, the first 12 months of my apprenticeship, it was really hard. There was quite a bit of bullying and harassment because, you know, the guys really wanted to, to sort of test my limits. So it wasn't just the first three months. It, it was really that first 12 months that were quite hard. And, you know, there were days that, that I wanted to, to throw in the towel and I'd go home and I'd be quite upset about it and mum and dad would say but do you want to do this and and I would say yes and they'd say we'll just go back tomorrow and prove them wrong and you know that was just a constant and and I had a good network of friends and then as you know things traveled over time and I went through the motions I finished my apprenticeship I started uh, you know I became a leading hand in Sydney on on large construction sites for a commercial um, facade company and as the career slowly progressed I I started getting really supportive um, people around me who were there with me on the journey and you know men and women both who were just really strong allies and I suppose that helped me build up that resilience that I had those people to rely on every time there was a rejection or you know when I was always mistaken when I'd walk into a meeting mistaken for the coffee girl and um, as soon as I'd walk into a room you know full of guys that they'd turn around and start giving me their coffee order straight off the bat because why else would there be a woman in a in a design meeting and all these sorts of scenarios and every single time that happened and that chipped away at my confidence and sort of made me question my self-worth and value i had this really strong network of people that would just tell me to keep going and so i suppose you know resilience yes you you certainly have to rely on yourself and you have to listen to the positive voice in your head rather than the negative one but likewise i think the network around you is absolutely vital and it's interesting your story around this idea and i think you said it's been floating around for for many years and and you wanted to to make a difference to make a change to to women that were trying to get into the trade to make that uh, that transition easier and, and open up more doors for them um, on Trade Heaven Guard, we had the chance to speak to Fiona McDonald. I believe that you know Fiona. Um, and she shared a similar story and really inspiration in regards to that resilience and, and not, not accepting a no, continuing to battle on. And Kimberly Smythe just recently with Hey Sister Plumbing, the same. So the great news is for, for women, and particularly young women, that are attracted to becoming a tradie, uh, the fact is it can be done. And groups like yourself and Build Like a Girl are really uh, going to be wonderful mentors to help them to to get involved. So coming back to that, what was your ultimate motivation for starting Build Like a Girl, from taking it from just a thought or an idea and actually taking action? Look, it, it came about, so I have quite a bit to do with, with NARWIC and the Master Builders Association. I, I'm certainly great friends with, with Fiona and we, we talk regularly not only about our own experiences but about the challenges still for young women who want to enter the trade for me it's really around the statistics that were being bandied around last year we had covid hit but we were still chugging along and the industry was still classed as essential and and we were really pushing through and and there became a lot of chatter and talk around you know the lack of resourcing and skill shortages and key trades and so forth and 
then I started looking at the statistics of, of how many women were actively engaged in, in trade roles. And it's, well, we like to say 2%, but look, it's less than that. We, we pull data and statistics from lots of different areas and, and we know that it's, it's definitely not more than two and substantially less. So what I sort of started scratching my head around was why is it that 50% of the population are not engaged enough to actually undertake a, an apprenticeship or a, you know a semi-skilled role and, and why is it so difficult and really started to ask the hard questions of organizations and peers and industry bodies around why we don't have this engagement last year we saw more women become unemployed through the covid pandemic than um, than men yet we were standing here on the other side saying well we, we don't have enough skilled workers and i couldn't i couldn't quite understand what the issue was then i started talking to to people and businesses saying look we'd love to employ women but there's no pipeline of women we can't find them so i was then speaking on the other side to young women who were leaving school or wanted to change direction in their career saying oh look i've knocked on all these doors and and i can't get anybody to even read my cv let alone give me an interview so it was like ships in the night and I couldn't I couldn't get what was actually happening and I just started seeing all these gaps that there's lots of organizations out there doing fantastic work and lots of programs but they're not really making the connection between the women who are putting their hands up and saying they want to be tradies and the you know the businesses they need to be connected to and then the organizations and training bodies that they need to support them and I suppose the other thing is is that we have a massive dropout rate in the first 12 months of an apprenticeship for men and women but particularly women who don't have that network so it was plugging all those gaps and I sat down one weekend and went right what's what's the answer to this what's the solution and and basically build like a girl was was born particularly out of that to say this is how we we fix this problem so from a mindset uh, out there in the market, Joe. How do we change that? I mean, we're, I'm assuming we've come a long way in changing that mindset, but obviously we've still got a fair way to go if it's less than two percent female participation. In your experience, what do we really need to change now to make sure that you know everyone feels comfortable when they want to go for a trade? I think it's really it's a multifaceted approach. So for me, it's having conversations in primary school and high school with um, students with with young people around stereotyping around the fact that a young woman even recently told me that she said to her parents she wanted to be an electrician and and her mum said oh that's not a that's not a girl's job so there needs to be an education piece in the schools first and foremost and there is a lot of work happening with that at the moment there's different organizations out there doing doing that but that needs to be part of our curriculum and you know careers education needs to be looked at and focused on to make sure that we don't stereotype any roles much the same as if young men want to be hairdressers and nurses you know we've got to take gender out of careers first and foremost and, and that's the starting point you create a pipeline then of young people who see a trade career as a viable option because there's no stigma attached to it so that's the, that's the starting point on that spectrum on the other spectrum is the the gender procurement from a government perspective and really having to mandate quotas more than targets, much the same as Defence started to do when they realised that they had an equality issue. Our industry needs to step up and embrace the fact that we are lagging and we're lagging behind the mining industry and other industries and we're actually coming last. The latest were GS stats that were released earlier this year demonstrated that construction is slowly declining backwards time and time again. So we need to step up and we need to set quotas on projects. Government needs to set those quotas as part of the procurement targets. Industry will rise to the, they do know that they then have to employ women on the ground 
not in offices, not in support roles or administration roles, physically on the ground doing those jobs. So you create the work and the pipeline of work, you create the pipeline of resources and the young women coming through the schools. In between that, the industry organisations, the unions and, and people like ourselves are there to create the network of support to educate industry from a cultural level, but to educate also the young women about what they're entering into and what they need to do to survive. I think the, the point there you made um, to educate people, into, you know, especially especially young women, what they're going into. I think construction sites, and, and you can speak better of this than, than me, you're in the game still now, uh, construction sites have become a lot better in the way they treat people on site. And, and obviously back in the day, it's not the sort of shenanigans that used to go on. Um, so I think that certainly uh, that, that certainly helps. But I think the education right back, like you said, right back at a, a school level and, and the ability that young people today can follow their dream of whatever that might be and, and your point about, you know, it doesn't matter. Gender doesn't need to come into any job anymore. Um, it doesn't matter. So long as you've got a passion to do what you want to do. So I think you're right. If we can start to change that mindset because everyone's got something to offer that's different to, to each other. So, I mean, everyone's got something there. It can only help. And, and I know from the school's perspective, and I know they do a lot of careers things nowadays, we need to get the trades more there because I know when my boys were going through and, and at year 12 level did the careers night, a lot of it was all about university yep. and what university course you're going to do. And master builders do a wonderful job. They were there on the night, but no one else was there. There were no other trades represented. There was... There was no one else there in that regard, and and it was yeah it was disappointing to see that you know all every university uh, and TAFE were there in, in their droves, but the trades weren't there. So I think there's a big gap there we need to fill as well. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think also just change the way of thinking around you know tradespeople and what they are, the the money they earn. For me, it's an it's a no brainer. You do your apprenticeship for four years, you pop out the other side as a qualified tradesperson, and you're earning fantastic money. I mean, you know, likewise, if you choose to to you know study at university, unfortunately, you're going to land. Um, end up with a large hex debt at the end of it and then you enter into a graduate position and you're sort of starting again and you know I'm not I'm not uh, you know denigrating what a university degree and what that means but certainly from a from a a quality perspective too in terms of how tradespeople are viewed I, I think there's still a bit of a stigma around the fact that we may not be as smart as people who go to university or there's other things attached to that and I, I just think all of those types of um, opinions are just really outdated and they're just not applicable to how we work anymore. Joanne, do you think that now with Build Like a Girl and uh, and Narwick and other groups that are becoming more vocal and really trying to, to raise the conversation, encourage more women into the trades, that there might be the opportunity to start trade schools? I know it's been talked about many times, but as legitimate uh, complementary to universities, having trade schools that actually do exactly the sort of things that you already talked about in why Build Like a Girl exists. Yeah, look, I think the, the biggest part of the whole conversation is you know equality is the fact that we give everybody the same fair go at something regardless of, of their gender I think that the types of programs that we're now developing um, and you know recently the one that that we did with the Master Builders Association has sparked gin and dairy here we had 10 women the we had women from the age of 42 down to the age of 19 different backgrounds um, different multicultural um, backgrounds we had three women as English as second language you know we had a, a real a real spectrum of 
of people and so all 10 have been through a 10-week program which gave them the the fundamental starting points of of what a cert 3 in um, in construction looks like they went out and had four weeks of work experience during that 10-week period so they had a week on week off um, scenario they were doing you know study in between that they were also doing whs they were doing a, a number of other things and out of the 10 women so far we've managed to get six employed in apprenticeship roles from that program and, and that was a bit of a pilot project for us to sort of understand industry appetite to understand how the program would work understand what a scenario like this with everybody contributing their part build like a girl um, ran mentoring sessions we paired them up with our ambassadors so depending on what trade they want to do we would pair them up with someone they could talk to them about what a day in the life looked like but we were also there sort of along for the journey just to to help with you know the industry liaison making sure that the employers that we were connecting with you know were even set up for women on site to the point of having female amenities on site which is often you know a, a, a big thing you would think it's simple but it's it's those sorts of things and look the we believe the the program was quite a success and we we were seeking to now develop that into a more national approach with a lot more people involved because we do believe that that model can work Joanne, since starting build like a girl have you had any conversations that have surprised you i think that there's been a lot of people reach out to us on our website. What's been really lovely is a lot of parents who have reached out and said, my daughter wants to be an electrician. How do I encourage this or where do I go? So that's been really heartening. Um, we've had a lot of employers who have contacted us to say, look, we'd really love to employ a female apprentice. Can you can you point us in direction or do you have people you can reference? So we're almost um, becoming a... Um, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we're a, we're a trade dating website between you know potential um, potential employees and employers, and it, and it's really great because it's this organic kind of thing that's starting. We 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 don't really get much funding at the moment. We we run on shoestrings, and um, you know we develop this out of out of nothing. And so it's really heartening to see how many people now are coming back and talking about what we're doing and, and how much reach we've had. We've had contacts in WA, we've had people like Woolworths get in touch and say, look, we, we need you to help us with our refrigeration mechanic apprenticeship courses and, and getting more traction with, with women who want to be involved. So look, we're, we're getting a lot of that. I suppose the predominantly has been positive. There's been some negative stuff, you know, probably around preferencing women or, or, or saying that you know we focus too much on on getting more women into the industry and for me you know my simple response is that f women make up 50 or 51 percent I think of the population in Australia two percent are in the trade now for me if the industry wants to improve its culture it needs to reflect our society a lot more um, because it's the only way that you can improve culture so I, I simply state the facts in response to that but yeah there's been look there's been some untoward comments which are probably not even worth mentioning and there's always going to be detractors but for me I think if we've got critics it means that we're doing something right. Joanne you've launched Build Like a Girl where did that name come from how did you decide on Build Like a Girl? It actually came from some comments that were made to me early on in my career around oh well, you know I mean I also come from a sporting background so you know how you always hear oh well you kick like a girl or you throw like a girl and <laughs> and um you know it's always it's derogatory it's said in a negative way and I suppose what I wanted to do was put a positive spin on it and actually you know if you build like a girl that's a positive thing we want people to build like a girl we want you know we want young women to kick like a girl it's not it's not a weakness 
And so I suppose we're trying to put a positive spin on something that is often used as a bit of an insult. And so that was what it was born out of because I used to have lots of comments like that going through my apprenticeship in the early days. Yeah, I've no doubt. And we, we see it all through sports still today, unfortunately, and, and slowly it's changing, but probably not quick enough. Hey, Joe, what about looking forward? If we, we go forward four years, five years, what is there a target of participation? I mean, do we have an idea of where we hope to get to or where we should be able to get to in, say, 2025? Yeah, look, we, we have some pretty lofty goals. As I said, the, the program that we've just done our test on, we believe works. Um, we believe that we have a model that could potentially be rolled out in every state or territory with significantly more numbers of women undertaking that that pathway program and then entering into a trade. We, we're sort of banding around numbers and around sort of 1,600 to, to 2,000 participants a year nationally, which may not sound like much, but when you think that you probably only get maybe 20 a year at the moment, then you're talking about significant growth in, in numbers. And look, when I'm, I don't know what the five year sort of numbers look like, but certainly when it comes time for me to, to retire from this industry, um, I'd love to see at least 30 or 40% of women um, engaged in trades. And, and that seems like a very out there goal, but look, you've got to have, you've got to have some pretty um, high expectations of yourself if you want to see radical change. Joanne, each of us started out as apprentices, uh, Ash and I Sparkies, and obviously you were chippy. But what message would you have to encourage those uh, thousands upon thousands of tradie businesses out there to attract and re- train and retain more women in their businesses? What, what advice or help could you give them to, to making good decisions? My advice to any business, and, and I suppose my philosophy at Kane when I employ people in our team, is I don't look at their gender. I just look at the right candidate for the job and I look at attitude. So what we try and focus on is if you've got the right attitude, we can teach you the skills. And I think that's applicable for almost any business really. So I would suggest to businesses that don't look at the young woman walking in the door, look at the potential of that individual and see what they can bring to your business. Look at the attitude, you know, have a look at how you would teach them a certain skill set and, and how they become an asset. So I want to take gender completely out of the discussion when we start talking about employing people. We want to give women the same opportunity as men, but then after that, we want to talk about the right person for the job. It doesn't become down to the right man for the job or the right woman for the job. We're just people. So I think there needs to come a point where we we change our language and we change our mindset about how we, we view people in terms of whether they're right for the role and whether they have the right attitude to do what it takes in an industry that can be quite brutal sometimes. And I think we need to work a little bit smarter and be a bit kinder to each other. And I think then, then that will then have dramatic effects on, on cultural change in the industry overall. Yeah, I think you're, you're 100% right. Just look at the, the candidate and not so much the gender. So what about from a final, finally the steps you could tell the you know the members out there and the listeners out there what are the steps we really need to take to to make a real change going forward so i think speak to training organizations so if if you are a business that actively employs apprentices ask how many women are in the group training organizations or how many women have female candidates they they take as part of their intake each year ask about programs like the ones that we've just done and and suggest that perhaps these are the types of things that we need to do i mean the work experience program was fantastic for the candidates but also for the employers who had never done it before and it was a real eye-opener for them and they learned so much about it i think it's just asking the question to say you know why aren't we doing this let's do more and be involved 
if the opportunity comes up to be a host employer for, for a young woman who wants to work experience, whether she's an ASBA, um, you know, school-based apprentice or, or whether, you know, it's, it's from a, just take that opportunity because to be honest, you'll probably be pleasantly surprised at the outcome. Jerry, we've moved five years forward. It's now 2026 as it turns out. What do we see when we look back over those last, uh, those last five years? What does Build Like a Girl look like? I think that we have a presence in every state and territory that we have strong relationship with federal and and state and territory governments where there's a clear investment in the pipeline of work as well as programs that that need to happen to encourage women. I'd I'd like to think by 2025-26 we have around 20-25% female participation in trades and that we have a robust network of of women supporting younger women who are coming through the ranks and that we've also had some curriculum changes and and had influence on you know what our what our schools and careers advisors and and people who influence young people at school age how we help make um, young people make decisions. So I'd like to think that we have a really strong national presence, that everybody knows who we are and that people know that they can come to us to to ask those questions and and get a start in the industry. Joanne, that uh, means it's a very exciting five years uh, in front of Mm. us. I mean, if that's what 2025, 26 looks like, I mean, that that is amazing. Certainly Innovative Traders Club will uh, will do whatever we can to, to be supportive and help build like a girl on that journey. As you probably know, Innovative Traders Club is really here to simplify the business part of business for tradies. We know that they're amazingly talented with the tools and, and what they do on the trade, but uh, supporting them in that simplification, the business part of business is a big part of that. And, and I'm sure that would sort of uh, also help build like a girl in that same space. It's not just about the tools, it's holistically that whole uh, piece around running a business. And, and many of those women like yourself uh, running successful construction and, and trades businesses uh, and obviously seeing those numbers increase dramatically over that five years. So thank you very much for your time today. You've shared some really amazing pieces of gold in this tips and tricks series, particularly that the importance of uh, taking rejection and turning into resilience. I think uh, a lot of uh, young women, particularly the ones that you're mentoring, if they can take that message away, is going to help to fast track that 2% to 5, 10 and, and the 25 in five years time. Young women, uh, there is no skill shortage in real terms, it's just a mindset change that needs to happen. And there's lots of talented uh, women in there that if we can track them into the trades, the skill shortage will disappear very, very quickly. Uh, the starting of Build Like a Girl is exactly the same in regards to timelines, the Innovative Traders Club. We've both identified a need and a real desire to make change and help people to move from where they are to where they can be. And and I think there's uh, be interesting to watch the parallel between what you're doing and what we're doing and uh, and driving the success uh, that our ambitions are set for. And, and of course, uh, that career and schooling and hopefully a lot more government participation in, in supporting Build Like a Girl and, and Narwick and other associations that, are, that really have that same determination to, to get more women into the trade. So, Joanne, thank you very much for your time today. Um, we look forward maybe to catching up down the track and, and following Build Like a Girl. Thank you, Ash. That's it now. Show number 54 is done. So whether you, the van, the site shed, the office, or maybe you're keen to build like a girl, we thank you for sharing <laughs> your time today and hope you join us on Trade Out and Guard next time. Until then, stay safe, stay well, and we'll speak with you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much.